0: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from Gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy
1: Q. Got a couple texts that we'll get to as we're efforting. John McClain from gallerysports.com at Sports Radio 610 here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Mode said, I'm 100% with you, Q. My biggest fear for this team is that we come out of this draft with some late-round developmental prospect, at quarterback, and they take their entire rookie contract just to be okay and still make a rookie mistake. See the New York Giants in their divisional loss. We need a home-run veteran and a home-run draftee to learn quickly behind them. We have a window. Unlike the Cowboys next year, uh, isn't our year. We need to win yesterday. That's from Mode. I like that. I really do, and that's the thing. Like, You don't want to have that guy that's going to take multiple years to develop. You want a guy that you feel comfortable is going to develop quick, fast, in a hurry, you can put him out there and be good to go. Speaking of good to go, we are good to go now. Joining us on the phone lines is our good friend John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston. And John, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. What did you think about the divisional round of the playoffs? What stood out to you the most from, uh, from the games you saw?
2: Well, they weren't nearly as exciting as they usually are. They didn't have anything to equal for the wild card games that came down to the end. Although the 49ers and Cowboys came close, two things really—well, several things—stood out to me. Q. Number one, the way the Bengals went into Buffalo and totally dominated the Bills, and the way their offense worked so efficiently, even though three starters and offensive line. Are out, you know, Lou Durango, the defensive coordinator, and Bryce Callahan, the offensive coordinator, they should be getting interviewed by all these teams that are interviewing coordinators because they've done a tremendous job and uh, shows what happened when you have an offensive line like that and a great quarterback who gets rid of the ball quick and great receivers, what they can still do. And uh, now they go to Kansas City. They've beaten the Chiefs three times in the last year twice in the regular season, once in the playoffs. And then I thought about Patrick Mahomes and high ankle sprain and all the players in my 47 years covering the NFL who've had high ankle sprains and they don't get better until you get a lot of R and R and off season. So he's going to have to play with pain and, uh, he can do that, but it will affect him, especially his plant foot. And so I think that's one reason the Chiefs are only favored by point. I think if Mahomes is healthy, a lot of people will be taking a, Bengals. Now no mm-hmm. team other than the Patriots that lost a Super Bowl has returned the next season since the Bills of the early nineties who lost four in a row. So this is very rare. And then uh I thought Mahomes really sucked it up and it was gutsy as you would expect him to be. And it's just very, very impressive. And that cowboy game <laughs> Yeah, you know, D'Amico Ryan's is a fan favorite to be the head coach here. Everybody loves D'Amico. I covered him for his six years here. I've stayed in touch with him. I'd love to see the Texans hire him. He's going to get hired by somebody if he wants a job. And he did, he and the Cowboys defense played great too. Dan Quinn did a great job. They end up getting hired by Denver. Only give up one touchdown each, but I got to tell you, I was stunned that Dak Prescott didn't. He didn't need to play the way he did at the Buccaneers because Santos. They they were eight nine, mm-hmm. but and the forty ers had the best defense. But I thought Dak would play better. That red zone interception was a killer. It's amazing. A week before Dak's on top of the world. <laughs> he has a mediocre game now. Everybody wants to get rid of him. And what what I remember about that game, and it's not what you should remember because they weren't going to win it. But that last play, <laughs> yep. Zeke Elliott snapping the ball and then get knocked on his ass. That may be the last play <laughs> he ever plays for the Cowboys because of his contract. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets just gets pulverized. Yep. And I'm and then everything that could go wrong did, and it was an embarrassing way to end the game. They had clock management issues. Dalton Schultz players got to know better than that, but. Mm-hmm. 49ers going to the championship game third time in four years. Now they got a tough time. Philly, Philadelphia just dominated the Giants. Jalen Hurts looked great. The running game looked great. They are the most complete team in their defense. Both of their coordinators are got a chance to get the job in Houston. Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator, great balance between the run and pass. Jonathan Gannon, a defensive coordinator, they had 70 sacks. I I can't remember <laughs> Right. the last time I saw a team with four linemen and double-digit sacks, and if anybody can make a rookie quarterback miserable, it's the Eagles' pass rush.
1: No doubt about it. I agree 100% with that. We've been talking a lot about the defense, and in particular, what the Eagles have on that defensive line with those four guys, like you said, with double-digit sacks. Let's go back to Dallas real quick. John, do you expect any changes coming out of Dallas? I know Jerry said McCarthy's safe, but is McCarthy safe?
2: I don't think Jerry Jones would have said what he said after the game as adamantly as he did. He said last week on his talk show that nothing could happen in that game that would cause Mike McCarthy to leave, get fired. Now, maybe with Sean Payton out there, but I, I ultimately my opinion is Sean Payton is uh, – Going to be back at Fox next year. There'll be a lot more jobs open, hmm. and uh, that he won't get one of these this year. If he does, it might be the Panthers if they're willing to pay him twenty million a year. Plus, they'd have to pay multiple picks to the Saints to keep it to let him go within the division. So, um, but Jerry and Sean know each other very well. They're friends, but the fact is Peyton once controlled Jerry Jones as Miles say and his son Stephen, and they got a great personnel man named Will McClay and he who's turned down general managers opportunities with other teams. So Peyton would be part of a kind of a machine, a cog in a machine,
3: mm-hmm.
2: not pulling all the levers because Jerry and Stephen Jones do that. But I'm guessing if they make a change it would be Mike McCarthy announcing he's resigned, it's mutual, blah, 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 nobody believes. it.
1: <laughs> right. That's exactly that. You know what? That sounds very cowboy like. <laughs> it's John McClain from galleriesports.com, Sports Radio 610 with this here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Damon's got one for you.
4: Yesterday on the Fox pregame show, Jay Glazer put out a report that D'Amico Ryans had to cancel two of his other interviews because he's so dialed in with what the 49ers have going on. Do you think that, that maybe it's a bodes well for the Texans that, hey, he already knows what job he wants, or is it just, hey, a matter of timing?
2: No, I think it's a matter of timing. He interviewed with the Broncos late Thursday, he interviewed with the Texans late Friday. And I think those interviews are exhausting. You know, those things can last three, four hours. And then you're supposed to do two Saturday before the game. I wasn't, I'm not surprised. Now they can't talk to anybody who's in the championship games. Texans have three of these coaches, Miko rides and both coordinators with the Eagles. And they will have to wait till next week. And, uh, but, no, I think it would be really stupid if he if he, say he's interested in the Texans and the Broncos, and the Broncos hired Dan Quinn this week. Then he's got no leverage with the Texans. And I think his agent, Jimmy Sexton, is one of the best, would say, hey, you need to interview with any team that's interested in you. You need leverage.
4: All right, something else I want to ask you about, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got eliminated this past week, but the AFC South, it's looking like it's going to be their division for a while. (laughs) I know that the Titans, they hired a new GM, but do you think that Jacksonville is poised to lead this division for a long time to come?
2: Oh, yeah, just like they were after 2017 (laughs) when they went to the AFC Championship game at Gillette Stadium and almost beat the Patriots and everybody. Picked them in 2018. Guess who won the division? The Texans with Deshaun Watson. Now, they've got Trevor Lawrence, who's better than Blake Bortles. But the fact is, they had a hell of a team in 2017 with Tom Coughlin, a great defense. Jaguars are always picking high, not not in this draft, but they've always picked high, first in the last two years. So you'd think you've got to be better. And they got very fortunate, Trevor Lawrence, was available best best uh, generational quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck in 2012. Joe Burrow had been great for one year and everybody went first overall, but nobody was talking about him being a generational talent, which he just might be. So I think if the Titans who have a great defense and a great running game, they they had injuries just wrecked their offensive line. They didn't have a quarterback. If that new GM. Rand Cawthorn and Coach Mike Brabo get a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr. They're going to be right there with the Jaguars competing for the division.
1: Talking right now with John McClain from GallerySports.com and also Sports Radio 610 in Houston here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You mentioned Derek Carr. There was reports over the weekend that uh, people believe that there's going to be a trade that's going to be made uh, and it's going to be agreed upon before that February 15th date, even though it can't be finalized until the the league year starts in March. Uh, Do you think that that's possible, or do you think the Raiders end up uh, releasing Derek?
2: Well, you guys are right there. Do y'all know what team's going to take on that contract? Uh,
1: that's, that's the big question I have, John. It really is. I have no idea. That's a lot of money.
2: Well, the Raiders need to do a lot of linking to the national media that there's teams interested to try to get a team, say, like the Jets um, or the Titans or teams that are looking for veteran quarterbacks because they think they're on the precipice. That in both those cases, they both got defenses. They both got running games. What they don't have is quarterbacks. And it'd be great for the Raiders if we could get, say, the Jets and the Titans and another team that needed a veteran quarterback bidding for each other. But I do not see how David Carr is going to get that money from another team. I may be wrong. What is it? Thirty-two million they would owe him next year, and then yeah. another eight million. Yep. And so that is. Uh, that is awfully expensive for a quarterback a team is getting rid of.
1: No, you're right. And that's something that we thought about quite a bit. But, uh, you know, starting to hear these different reports. So maybe it's just that, just reports and, like you said, some leaks trying to get some teams interested. But it uh, should be interesting. We know that February 15th, they will be here sooner rather than later. How about a, a couple? Maybe one team will listen to that,
2: panic and go, oh, man, we're yeah. working in under our cap. Let's give them a three or whatever. They, or they'll try to give them a third-day pick. I can't imagine they would take that, but I would make it conditional, like a four that could be a three or two based on what the team did with Carr. And you know Carr would love to be cut and have a choice of where he goes. And uh, so I'm hoping for his sake, they out and out cut him rather than uh, trade him.
1: Right. Well, yeah. And then with the no trade clause, I mean, he, you know, he's ultimately picking his destination one way or the other, uh, you know, whether it's a trade or uh, they flat out release them. Uh, how about this? How about Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Where do you think those guys play next year?
2: I think Aaron Rodgers be right there in Green Bay. All this Aaron Rodgers hand wringing just amazes me. I've told <laughs> you guys in every other talk show I do. He's not going anywhere. Rogers is going to be 39 years old. He's coming off for him a mediocre year. Would you pay him 50 or 60 million he's going to make?
1: No, I would not. No. <laughs>
2: Brady, 60 is a lot of money. He has never required a lot of money. Now that he doesn't have his wife's income, maybe he's going to need more money. But uh, if I were going to have one and there were no issues on money or anything, I would take Aaron Rodgers just because he's six years younger. Mm-hmm. But if it was for one season and you had the contract and all that, I would take Brady, and if I'm the if I'm the Raiders, and I got Josh McDaniels who knows Brady better than anybody, Brady should want to go there, not to the Jets. You know, does he want to live in New York and, and or in New Jersey and play the Patriots and now the Bills and the proving Dolphins? I think uh, or does he want to play outdoors? Does he want to play indoors? I would think the Raiders would be very very attractive for him.
4: Something that I want to ask you about, I know that we know the matchups for the division, the conference championships games, but what do you think would make the best matchup for the Super Bowl with the four teams remaining? If you got to pick the winner, what do you think would make the best Super Bowl with the remaining teams?
2: Philadelphia has a great offense. Philadelphia has a hell of a defense. San Francisco has a good offense. But somehow with Brock Purdy, you know they've averaged over 30, 34 points a game since he started and they had to win a defensive game over the Cowboys. And he did not hurt his team. Like Dak Prescott did, which is the best thing you can say about Brock Purdy. Every time he dropped back through that quick ball over the middle, I'm thinking, Oh, it's going to be a ricochet off the receiver and intercepted, but it wasn't. And his, his receivers, his backs, they can all catch. They make great plays like Kittle. I'd like to see selfishly. I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see San Francisco lose, so the Texans, if they're going to hire D'Amico, Ryan, so they can do it quicker. I just think Philadelphia's got more balance mm-hmm. than anybody. He can run, they can pass, and they play deep, great defense. So, I'm going to think I'm going with the Bengals against the Eagles.
1: Boom. I'm right there with you, John. I have no problem on a Monday saying (laughs) Eagles and Bengals are who I think are going to be in the Super Bowl, playing February 12th in Arizona. Well, John, fantastic stuff as always. What do you got coming out on gallerysports.com we should be on the lookout for?
2: Um, Gallerysports.com. I'm working on a column looking ahead to the uh, championship games and reviewing this weekend. And on sportsradio 610com I got a column about D'Amico Ryan's and his chances of getting the Texans' job Versus the current competition.
1: There it is right there. Well, John, we appreciate you as always, my man. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Guys, thank you very much as always.
1: There he goes. John McClain, Gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610 in Houston, on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. 3.15 is the time. We'll get more texts. Get more of your calls at 702-365-9200. Question that we threw out there to you, what stood out to you the most from the winners in this past weekend's game? What can the Raiders take away from and say, yep, that's what we need to have. On this roster. Let us know about it, Raider Nation. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're
4: listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Coming up at 3.30, Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, also participant, next-level chef. He's on on Team Ramsey. Who knows? We might have a couple Team Ramsey chefs as well join the show. You just never know. But coming up at 3.30, Mark McMillan for sure. Excited about that. But we've been asking the question. We threw it out there to you. What stood out to you the most about the winners from this weekend's games? What can the Raiders take away from what we all saw this weekend? Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy Shields Up. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind?
5: Q, how are we doing?
1: Uh, blessed. How are you?
5: Thank you, sir. It's obvious. It's blatant. It's all about defense. Three to four teams right now have some of the best defenses. 70 sacks, Philly. San Francisco and Cincinnati. This is what we got to do. The quarterback position possibly could be sacrificed to build the defense. I know that sounds crazy. Devontae Adams may not like it, but I think 80% of our efforts in the off season should be with the defense. We get some, uh, a mid round draft pick and quarterback. We get somebody in free agency, not high priced, but defense wins championships, man. And this is what we got to pour all our efforts and all our finances in, man. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for uh, uh, holding the banner for the cause. And always, shields up.
1: Boom, there it is right there. And I couldn't agree with you more, my man. Really couldn't agree with you more. And I I do think that if you're looking at the offseason, the majority of it is. Obviously, it's going to be overpowered by who ends up being the starting quarterback for the Raiders in 2023. But you're right. The majority of the the offseason needs to be dedicated to the defense. It's been far too long. And it's really a shame. And it's not just on this staff. It's not just on the staff before this staff. It might even not even be just on the staff before them. I mean, it goes way back since the Raiders have really had a defense that was real deal that they can count on. Right? I mean, in 2016, I think that that was the best defense they've had in a very long time. And they weren't even good. All they did is create a bunch of turnovers. And, of course, they had Mack that was getting to the quarterback. But, I mean, really – That defense was based off the fact that they were able to create a bunch of turnovers, which is great. I would love to see that now. But I'd also love to see a defense that was just sound, solid, flying around, making plays. You know, I'd love to come in here and be like, whoa, man, that Fred Warner guy is fantastic, right? Or someone like a Fred Warner. I'd love to have a show where just dedicated on how great everyone on the defense was flying around outside of just Max Crosby. Because right now, that's what the Raiders have. I like Nate Hobbs a lot. But I don't think that Nate Hobbs should be your number one corner, right? And if he's going to be on the outside, DeMond, you mentioned earlier, kick him back in inside, you know, and and that might be something that they have to do. But I I say I don't want Nate Hobbs to be the number one corner because he hasn't proven that he could be that guy yet. So I don't want everyone to just say, hey, he's going to develop into that guy. Again, it's kind of going back to like the quarterback conversation. How come they can't just have a guy that you know is a stud instead of just develop, well, maybe in a couple years or whatever, he'll eventually develop into that guy. No, get one now.
4: Yeah, I'm not as as high on Nate Hobbs as I was following his rookie season, mm-hmm. but he still is a dude. He's still really you good. Still, yeah. yeah, you still yeah, need absolutely. a Nate Hobbs absolutely. to on your team to absolutely. win a Super Bowl. Yep. But he is not the I, after the rookie season. Hey, this guy could be a future All Pro. Right, right. You know, okay, he could be one of the best corners in the league. Maybe not the best, but he's still like you need guys like that to For win. Sure. For on sure, On your team. So yeah. I'm not saying I'm not trying him. to knock yeah, him. Exactly. I just don't
1: want to make him like my end all be all. Yes. Right, you know, I would like to see a uh, an actual dude that I know. Hey, this guy is not only gonna you know be able to defend this wide receiver; he's also gonna make a bunch of plays on the ball too.
4: Yeah, and I know I don't want to reminisce too much about should have, could have, would have last offseason. Right. But imagine if James Bradbury was on the outside, right? And then you you still have Rocky Sin as you know the the number two, right? And then Nate specifically at nickel,
1: right? Could have made Could have made a difference, you know. But, again, like you said, could have, would have, should have. Let's go out to the phone lines again. Let's go out to L.A. and talk to our guy, Eddie in L.A. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude?
6: We've been talking it for a while, haven't we? Defense, baby. Defense wins championships. As you notice, the biggest difference all weekend long was defense. What, what did the Bengals do? They made Josh Allen look not a shell of himself simply by defense. So if we want to build a long-sustaining team that can – being in the playoffs year in and year out, it starts with the defense. If you got, their, you got rid of Derek Carr to build the defense, so be it. But you got to start there. If they start then using those picks for something else, we're going to be in the same exact boat. I mean, how many times do we need to say history repeats itself? Right. The way for win championships is through the defense, and you've got to build that middle. It starts up front. Mm-hmm. I get where the corners talk, you guys, you guys are right, but unless you get that push up front, get a beast in the middle – so he can help out both not only Max but also Chandler because they're going to be paying him. Yep, they're going to be paying the money. So unless you put that beast in that middle, who may, gives them a more opportunity to get out there and create havoc, and then and then somebody else in that middle of that field, that middle linebacking spot. Uh, spot mm-hmm. Hopefully they can bring back. You know, uh, damn, I just forgot his name, man. Ah. But you know what I'm talking about, 52. if They can bring him back.
1: Yeah, yeah. Talk uh, about Perryman. Yeah,
6: yeah, exactly. But you bring up, uh, you bring somebody back that's a little more than. More of a beast in the middle, and he's your second best player on there. Man, you, you got something cooking, and then you got you can still keep bringing up Molstrand if you're building them up. You got you got something good there. But I mean, they have options. the the, the only concern for me is what they're going to do with those options. Right. So I wasn't very impressed with what they did with the first year both Ziegler and McDaniel's. We have no choice but to trust the process, and keep going forward. But let's see what happens, man. But we need defense. Raider Nation, stay up.
1: There it is. Eddie in L.A. Appreciate the call. Good stuff. Let's try to hustle out real quick. Go out to Berkeley. Talk to our guy, Raider Fish. Close us out, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, let's go,
7: baby. Hey, you know what? I couldn't have scripted this any better. Last week, I called and said, hey, offensive line play, defensive line play, line of scrimmage, okay, okay. Everybody who won yesterday, hold on to it before you beat it, because I couldn't script it any better. Line of scrimmage play dictates who won those games. If you got an above average line, you could put Stidham, Garoppolo, the Statue of Liberty back there, and we gonna ball out till we fall out. And on the D line, if you got above average D line. I don't care who you got back in there in the secondary. Their dietary needs will be met. They'll be on the Palalo diet back there eating uh, natural produce and meats. If you got a, a defensive line handling their business, we've got to address the line of scrimmage. And yesterday game yesterday game proved that the line of scrimmage is where it's at. It starts in the feeding trough. Hey, show up, show up, and I'll adjust when, baby, when you go out.
1: Great way to close us out in this uh, little segment right here, Raider Fish in Berkeley. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of agreement when it comes to the defense, and I like how Raider Fish made it specific and just said the line of scrimmage, you know. So he's talking defensive line, offensive line, the trenches are what matters. Coming up next, Mark Millen, former NFL defensive back. He's also a participant on the Next Level Chef. We'll get all the details on that and more next on Raider Nation Radio 920.
4: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: 3.31 is the time. The question we threw out there to you on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What stood out to you the most about the winners from this past weekend's games? What can the Raiders take away from the weekend and say, yep, that's what needs to be added to this team? That's the question that we threw out there. We'll have a lot of answers, a lot of responses on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r But right now, joining us on the phone line is former NFL defensive back Mark McMillan, but he's turned in his helmet, and now he is... Chef Mark McMillan. He joins us. He's from Next Level Chef, and and Mark, man, I mean, you're a man of many hats, and now you got the you got the cook or the chef's hat on. I mean, tell us a little bit about Next Level Chef and how you became a member of Team Ramsey.
5: Oh man, it, 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 the process went way back to like April, and you know this has been a, a long process. I've, I've had to hold on to uh, for a long time, man. And then obviously when I get the uh, the call and. Uh, get selected to uh, you know be on Team Ramsey. You know Gordon Ramsey team is amazing, man. I got a I got an amazing team uh, of chefs that I'm, I'm paired up with uh, Tucker, Chef Tucker, Chef Michelle, Chef Benny, uh, and Chef Casey, and Chef Preston. And we all have different backgrounds. And I'm the only athlete on this show, so imagine that. They had season one, then season two they changed the game up a little bit. And another guy on my on my team, uh, Chef Benny, he's actually a firefighter. So we have a we have a, a mix of, of of all kinds of chefs from across the world. So I'm excited, man. Can you believe that cue? From the gridiron <laughs> to in the back all right. Now we're going to be on national TV on Next Level Chef season two. Team Ramsey, we in the building, baby.
1: Yeah, no, it's exciting, man. I'm super excited for you. And I was telling Damon at the beginning of the show, like, I don't I'm not a guy that watches a ton of these shows. I'm familiar with them, but I don't really watch a ton of them. So uh, as far as kind of what goes into how did the whole selection come about? How did how did you become, you know, that guy that they're like, yep, we got to have Mark McMillan here?
5: You know, I, I don't. I really couldn't answer that one, Q. Uh, I was selected out of. They said it was over like ten to fifteen thousand uh, applicants. Wow! Obviously, last year's show did really good. I think they had like over five million uh, viewers from last year. Um, for I think like from each segment, they had five million viewers. So I'm sure you know me being an athlete. Uh, I know Gordon's a, a, a athlete in his mind. Uh, you know he's really tight with Michael Strahan and nice. uh, like I said, man, it just it just happened and I'm like it's like I'm getting drafted again, you know. Right. And I, I was like, the nine rounds went by. I was like, man, I'm not going to get drafted. Then all of a sudden, tenth round, the Eagles pick me. And then obviously, you know, Chef Arrington and Chef Blaze, the other two uh, chefs on the show, um, our mentors are amazing as well, man. So it's a it's a great cast. People are going to love the whole cast, not just our team. But the whole cast, man, is a dynamic group that's all put together. But at the end of the day, I'm pulling for Team Ramsey. I want my
1: team to win. Absolutely. Hey, it's, it's about winning, man. It's about winning. That's that's all it's about. So excited about that. Again, we're talking with Chef Mark McMillan uh, from Next Level uh, <laughs> Chef on Team Ramsey here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Demons let me know that one of your teammates has just called in. Who we got, DeMond?
4: Yeah, now joining us is Chef
1: Vinny. Nice. Chef Vinny, who we— oh, my man. Vinny, how are you my doing, man. my man? Welcome to the show.
0: What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, this is exciting. I, one, I've never, I've never been a part of, of like next level chef, or never been a part of something like this that you guys have going on. But you guys are part of Team Ramsey. Uh, you're teaming up with our teammate and Mark McMillan, and, and we just how exciting is this whole event for you?
0: What a trip this whole thing has been. It's it's kind of surreal, out of body type stuff. You know, you always watch these people on TV, and you're like. Oh, I could do that, or that's pretty cool. And then here you find yourself, you know, going through the process trying to get picked, and you go from one level to the next level. And then it's like, oh my God, they're flying me somewhere. And uh, <laughs> next thing you know, you're on the show, and it's, uh, you know, Mark might be used to the TV, but I'm not. <laughs> oh, so it's, it's pretty crazy for me. I'll tell you that.
4: Mark mentioned earlier how you're a firefighter, and how did you make that transition? Hey, you're a firefighter, but everybody's like, hey, you know what else he's going to do? Just don't burn
7: nothing up in you know, the kitchen. Yeah, you know what else <laughs> yeah, he can do? He out can throw it on the grill.
4: <laughs> yeah. So what has that journey been like for you as a chef? Because we know Mark, you know that transition from the gridiron to now he's, you know, a grill master. So, But how did you get those chef skills to where they are now?
0: That's crazy. Uh, I've been cooking since as a kid. Everybody has that. Uh, everybody starts with a parent or a grandparent. And you move your way up. I was in the Navy for four years. Jumped over to the firehouse in 2004. And then I became a firehouse cook where it exploded for me. Because, uh, you know, according to the show, you know, you got Chef Ramsey, Chef Arrington, and Chef Blaze. But when you're cooking at the firehouse, you have uh, 15 different firefighters critiquing you to the bone. And you know what that ball, you know, you know what that breaking's like. Oh, yeah. So it's way worse than what they had to bring, I'll tell you that.
1: That's funny. That's hilarious. Again, right now, we've got Chef Vinny on the show. We've got Mark McMillan, Chef Mark McMillan, uh, both from Next Level Chef from Team Ramsey here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So, if both of you guys could give us. Give us give us what your specialty is. What is your go-to? So, Chef Vinny, we'll start with you and then we'll go right to Mark. What is your go to if and look, this is let me give you a background. Hold on. Let me take you here. Yeah, I'm going there, Damon. Damon went to the dollar store and bought a steak. And that was what he cooked. Oh. And, and, yeah, exactly. So that was the first mistake. So put yourselves in Damon's shoes. If 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 you had to make a specialty dish, what would it be? We'll start with Chef Vinny.
0: Uh, my specialty dish is chicken piccata.
1: Ooh, you don't get that you, at the dollar store, gonna, DeMond. You're
0: not going to touch me on that. You got the homemade, <laughs> homemade pasta, the perfect cooked chicken, the sauce. Uh, nobody's touching
1: me on that. Wow, I like it. I like it. All right, Mark, what you got? Well, first
5: of all, what were you doing in the dollar store buying dollar meat, bruh?
4: Yeah, I saw a tweet. I thought it was gonna be funny. Me and a couple of buddies. We said, "Wouldn't this be funny?" I, I'm not strapping at the dollar store for steak all the time, guys. It was a joke. <laughs> he said all the time. It was <laughs> a joke.
5: I, D, I had to get that off the top. I had to get that off the top, man. <laughs> and one thing, one thing, guys, about this show, man. Like, it, it, when you, if you guys watch from last year, you don't, you don't have too much time to grab whatever you can. So, you know, we were – sometimes you may grab something that you really like and sometimes you grab something that you got to make something out of nothing. So, you know, I, I learned a lot through this process, man, that you just got to be ready. I know a lot of people are going to be talking trash, but that 45-minute seconds that you get the uh, 45 minutes, man, it's a lot of pressure. And, you know, I, I know that was one of the questions a lot of people want to know about mm-hmm. Gordon, Gordon Ramsey's team is like, what are you going to do if Gordon Ramsey starts screaming in your face? Are you gonna punch him? And you know, obviously, to be honest, man, he's a really cool dude, man. He's got a great personality. But uh my specialty, everybody know, man, I love the grill. I grill five to six days a week on the back of the in the backyard, whether it's chicken, ribs, brisket, it don't matter, man. If it's breathing and, and bleeding a little bit, I'm putting it on the grill and I'm searing it real nice.
4: Nice. All right, Mark. So you walked into the show. You've got the nickname Grillin' McMinnie, <laughs> Grillin' McMillan, Vinny. <laughs> let me ask you: Do you have a nickname? Did you also come with like, yo, call me this?
0: <laughs> I, I didn't say anything. I'm a qu- I'm pretty boring, actually.
4: <laughs> no <laughs> nickname.
0: If you saw me, um, you'd be like, "Yep, that's a Vinny right there." All Italian. <laughs> uh, yeah, we,
5: just,
0: we keep it real with me. It's just plain hey guys, old Vinny. I want that's to let you guys know
5: too, man, Vinny had a heart attack uh, about about a month or two months ago. So, you know, we almost lost my guy, man. So he, I'm yep. telling you guys, this whole show, the whole cast, nice. specifically, man, Team Ramsey, man, it's, I've been on a lot of teams. And, you know, you get some guys that, you know, really ain't bought in. And we just came from all different uh, backgrounds, nationality. But I'm telling you, man, this team that I'm on with Team Ramsey, man, we generally really care about each other. And when my when I heard about my brother, man, going through, you know, he said he he said he checked out, and they brought him back to life. So, man, I, I'm glad he's still here, man, and, and enjoying yeah. this ride with us.
4: Yeah, something that I want to ask you you mentioned about how this is a team and it's a team effort. So, on the show, are we going to see it like, yeah, you got to get the ingredients, but hey, it's a dessert challenge. So, this is the dessert person on the team. Mark, let's say you're the meat guy on the team. Are do you guys like, are you di- are you dishing it out like an actual team?
5: Oh, it, it, no. it is a team effort. You know, obviously, you don't know what you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get until maybe 24 hours. It's a, it's a tedious process. once we get to talk about it a little bit more, people will get a little bit better understanding about it. Uh, you know, we had, you know, state guy that was professional. You know, you have people that uh, Chef Tucker, she does pretty much everything. Casey, she's you know Chinese, Japanese. She makes off the chain, and then Michelle, she's Italian too. We have a kid, Preston. I think he's like 18 years old. He just won some competition uh, a couple of months ago. I think it was like 100 something thousand dollars. Uh, so he he's like going to be the next big chef, in my opinion. And the kid is only 18 years old.
1: Wow. That's impressive. That really is, man. That's, that's exciting. That's fun. Again, we're talking with chef Mark. That's Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back. He's now on next level chef. We're also talking to chef Vinny. Uh, both are on team Ramsey excited about this. So I want to ask both of you guys, what do you feel is the biggest challenge or what was the biggest surprise from this whole process uh, for this show?
0: Uh, for me, the biggest challenge was cooking. (laughs) (laughs) You you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know when it's happening. And, uh, I think the biggest surprise is when you first um lay eyes on Chef Ramsey. That's what it was for me. I mean, he's been kind of like my go-to chef for, you know, like 20 years. And then to finally meet him and have him yelling at me and doing his thing with me, which you guys will all see on the show and get a good laugh out of. Um, That was the biggest trip to me. I mean, they, there's no preparation for it. There's no, you know, there's no reshoots, none of that. It's like, all right chef Ramsey's right over here time to meet him, and that's that you
5: in game time
1: nice. what about you mark
5: i would say um obviously I come from a different dynamic uh, you know obviously being on radio and t v and playing in front of you know the t v thing was was easy, and the interview thing was easy, but like it's like Benny says, just the the cookie and you're cooking for chef Ramsey, so it ain't like you're just cooking for you know your homeboys or your family <laughs> members that may not give you you know that criticism but you know, if you cook something crappy, Gordon is going to call you out and they're going to put it on the show. Uh, like I said, you're face to face with the hottest chef in the game right now, Gordon right. Ramsay. And, you know, you want that kind of recognition as, you know, I didn't win the Super Bowl, but hearing, you know, say like a Marcus Allen or Sterling Sharp be like, man, you are a really good player. You know, that's what I was, you know, I was excited about that. So, my thing is like, man, make something good enough that Gordon Ramsey will say, man, this is a really good dish. If you can get Gordon Ramsay to like your food, that's a win right there, man.
1: All right, well, I got to ask you the million-dollar question then. What would Chef Ramsey say about a dollar steak from the dollar store like Demon had?
5: <laughs> I don't think you can say that on this ready on this show. <laughs> He'd probably just, send but, you uh, home. I, 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 is, don't like, you just get out of here! The don't country, even. Don't this even is, come is a national in. radio show, but I can guarantee <laughs> you, it will be a lot of bleeps in uh, what he would call that steak. Probably, <laughs> and he don't hold back, man. That's one thing about Gordon, man. He don't hold back, so he'll probably say, "Get that pizza bleep up out of here."
4: Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, with Next Level Chef, I know it's a team competition, but what's the grand prize? What are you guys competing for?
0: You what, take, was, uh, what
5: was the total? So I
0: think it was like $250,000. I
1: think the grand prize is. $250, nice. And if 250? you, if you uh,
0: win, you get not only that cash prize, but you get a mentorship from all three chefs Ooh. across the board for one year. So you're getting their personal phone numbers and you know, whatever you want to do to expand your, your craft or your business, um, you can call them up any time, and they'll, they'll answer and point you in the right direction.
1: I like it. I like it. That's that's a hell of a prize right there. All right. Well, fellas, as as we wrap up, uh, when do we check out Next Level Chef? For anyone who might not know, when do we check it out? Where we can we check it out? Give us the details. February 12th, immediately following the Super Bowl. So after the Eagles or the Chiefs win the big game,
5: stay tuned. <laughs> February 12th, immediately after Wait, the, the Super Bowl. Wait, the Patriots are winning? Fox, two of Next Level Chef and Team Ramsey, we are in the
1: building, baby. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. And, Mark, before we let you go, let me ask you this. Since you brought up the Eagles and the Chiefs, and I'm I'm sorry, I don't think the Chiefs are going to advance past the Cincinnati Bengals, but that's just me because Patrick Mahomes has a bad wheel, so it just kind of puts him in a bad position. But you played on the Eagles, obviously played on the Chiefs as well, but the Eagles have 70 sacks they had this past season. As a defensive back, how much easier did it make your job when you had some, some big hogs up front that were getting to the quarterback as frequently as they are?
5: Man, that's amazing stat to see, uh, you know, considering I played behind, you know, Reggie White and Clyde Simmons and the defense that we had left over from Buddy Ryan days, we had a lot of sacks, but can you 70-something sacks right. is unheard of. And, you know, it's a team record. I think they had five sacks the other night, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in that playoff game, but it's, it, as a defensive back, you're like, good lord, let them throw the ball. Let me get a chance, <laughs> you know. But you know, they, they get a lot of pressure, and they rotate on that defense on that defensive line as well. So everybody's healthy back. I know Devonte Maddox, the nickelback, is down, uh, but they're going to need all hands on deck because San Francisco. We saw them live. Yep. You know, they can get after the passer. Um, a lot of people talk about Brock Purdy. I told my son, once you played a couple of games in the playoffs, you're no longer a rookie. You know, mm. you're you're a seasoned guy that you. Seen a lot of uh, a lot of different formations, but it should be a great matchup. But man, Philadelphia, Jalen, you know, being back, uh, you know, they have so many weapons. You know, the running game was working for them. Bart Scott, yep. uh, you know, Miles Sanders, you know, obviously you got Devontae on the outside as well. It's a tough offense to stop, but it should be a great matchup. And I'm looking for the Eagles to win. And like you said, Cincinnati Bengals, man, I know I like my Chiefs, and I know my Chiefs people out there are like, man, you can't go against us. But good luck. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is cooler than the other side of the pillow in my Stuart Scott voice.
1: Man, he really is. And he's playing with a ton of confidence, and they got enough defense to make life real difficult, especially for Patrick Mahomes with that bad wheel, that high ankle sprain. You know, uh, that's not going to get better until he actually is done for the season and actually could just rest. That's all you could do for that, yeah. really.
5: Uh, it ain't nothing you can do for that. I don't care. You can rub all kind of monkey juice, uh, bull nuts, all that on there. Ain't nothing going to heal that, that, that high ankle sprain. And if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm going after that ankle. That's just my mentality. I know yep. people might call it cheesy, but man, if you get the number one quarterback out of there, you've done your job and you made it a lot easier for you to be successful.
1: No doubt, no doubt. Blitz all day, blitz all night, and see what happens. Uh, you know, take, <laughs> take 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 what it what it does. Well, fellas, Chef Vinny, Chef Mark, uh, we appreciate you, man. This has been a great preview. I'm excited now about next level chef. I'm definitely gonna check it out. Of course, I'll be pulling on Team Ramsey. So thanks so much for your guys' time this afternoon. We do appreciate you.
5: Uh, Thank you for having it, me on, Mark. You, there Love will you, be buddy. No dollar Tree dollar
1: steaks on the menu. <laughs> All right, there it goes. Appreciate both of you. There he is, Chef Vidi. Chef Mark. No, no, no dollar, no Dollar Tree stores or dollars, dollar store steaks on the menu is what Mark said. DeMond, you'll see, ne- he'll never that. live, live that down. If you put my grill
4: and McMillan seasoning on it,
1: no you there can ain't make no, any see- there good. There ain't no seasoning in this said. world. No, he don't want to lie to you. He's not in the lying business. See, when you said something like that, you change the tone in your voice, right? Because we all know. Let's go back to the theme. When DeMond changes the tone in his voice. Damon is lying. So when they say, "Damon, why'd you get that dollar steak? Well, you know, man, I just had to try it out. Man. It was a joke. Come it on. It was just a joke, you. No, that's when you know you're lying. It just means I only had $3 and I was trying to impress homegirl when she was coming over. So I thought, hmm, I could just go and get a steak.
4: You think I'm inviting somebody over to cook for them? For who? For what? Nah, I ain't trying to impress nobody that
1: bad. Uh, nah, I ain't trying to impress nobody. Nah, I ain't trying to impress nobody. 3.48 I'm is the time. <laughs> We're coming on back. It's Red Nation Radio 9 920.
7: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
1: <laughs> we got the funniest text on our Don'tBeBroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Welcome back to Radio <laughs> Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, DeMond Cotton, and your boy Q. Got a text. Why did Q sound like rasputia from Norbit when making fun of DeMond, LOL? That's funny. And so when I read that during the commercial break while myself and DeMond are dying laughing right now, as soon as I read that, I said, how you doing? <laughs> I, that did sound like Rashmuda, and that's all I could think of is uh, herself coming down that that uh, that water the, the water slide. Oh man, that's hilarious! That is funny.
4: I tried to make a reference to that movie a couple of weeks ago with a couple of coworkers. It was Ari and Chapman, okay, and they just they were like, "What?" And I was like, "Norbit, you guys they didn't, didn't get wa- that? You, you guys didn't watch Norbit? They didn't get that?" Yeah, it was like one of those. Even man. I got that exactly,
1: and I'm not I'm not a movie dude. That's terrible. Q sounds
4: like Rispusha, okay. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Touch my coffee.
7: <car> <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man, that was a great text. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate it. I uh, also got a text from the 707. So just wondering, once you get a steak, marinate it or slather in barbecue sauce, throw on the grill, above the briquettes and mesquite smoker chips, does it really matter if it's a dollar store steak?
4: My man, that exactly—that's exactly what no, I'm saying. No, it does saying. matter.
1: It matters where you get the steak from. You really believe that you can go to the dollar store and you can dress it all up? Look, mm-hmm. no, you can't, man. You can put lipstick on a pig, but guess what? It's still a pig. Still gonna taste good? Is um,
4: it? Is it? <laughs> Is it? I've watched videos, Q, and like, uh, you know, man, like, I'm so, I'm something of all a grill master of, myself. All,
1: you, no, don't go there. Don't go there because a grill master wouldn't even allow the dollar store steak to to hit their grill.
4: I've watched the Google guys, um, the, um, the Google food
1: channel. Oh, so you're like that cat in the commercial? Like, I'm not really a doctor, but I stayed in a, a, a hotel last night or whatever that.
4: Exactly. Is. So. I watch a lot of these videos. That's all my TikTok feed is.
1: It's nothing but people eating
4: and cooking up food.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. So, so that that makes you an expert at what? I know food. cute. It, it just makes you an expert at having a lot of videos on your TikTok. That's all that means. Yeah, just watch them. I got a, I got a lot of football activity on my on my Twitter page that don't make me a football player. Doesn't make me a coach. But you
4: know what you're talking about. See? That's
1: fine. I know what I'm right. talking about. But that don't mean that I can go put together a team game plan and go execute it. Right?
4: Just saying. I got to do is follow, you know, a little salt, pepper,
1: oh, okay. garlic powder. Well, the other thing about up. me, I'm not good at <laughs> following directions. I'm, the, I'm that guy. You know when you get something in the mail or you, you order something and you have to come and put it together? I'm not really that guy. The wife is really good at it. You know, we'll get something, and I'll be looking at it, trying to put it together. And she's like, did you follow the instructions? I was like, no, I don't even know where they're at. And she'll grab them out of the whatever, you know, the packaging, and she'll follow it step by step by step and put it together. And me, I'm just like, eh, whatever. I'm trying to make the pieces fit like they're a puzzle.
4: So are you handy? Are you just like the Q's way the best way?
1: Q's way is the best way. Okay. (laughs) I mean, that's that's how I learn, though. I learn by hands-on, making mistakes, messing it up, and then trying to fix it.
4: So are you the person, you're like, man, I wonder where all these extra pieces go to. And you but just throw them away?
1: No, I don't throw them away. I figure out, well, where the hell did I mess up that? You know, and then go back and, and try to repair it, if I can.
4: That just, just drove me insane just hearing you say well, that. I'm, I'm, so now I'm, you're going to do double the work.
1: <laughs> hey, look, man, I'm just not a patient person when it comes to, to instructions. It's like it's like learning the board. I never learned the board by writing stuff down, like this is what you're supposed to do, this is what you're supposed to do. I was learned the board by them saying, all right, Q, I have a number one show. Don't mess it up by messing up the board. And I had to just like. Oh, damn. Okay. And figure it out. That was Victor Zadagosa's show. Turned off the lights at, uh, when he was doing at Wild 94.9. I was that guy running the boards in the studio and couldn't mess it up because he had a number one rated show. That's how I learned how to run the boards. Just by throwing me. It's like swimming. Right, throw you into the you water. You don't know how to swim. No, but I can, I can survive. I can keep my head above the water. Worst analogy <laughs> from the guy who doesn't know how to swim. It's just like swimming.
4: I'm not taking any of your advice. <laughs> <laughs> I got to cut you off right there.
1: Pick something else. <laughs> Tell me it's like anything else. Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes, he'll join us next. Kick off hour number three of the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.